Good evening. My friends, when it comes to the people whom we don't like, the people with whom we disagree or do not see eye to eye, our enemies, so to speak, notice how our responses to them are often emotional and defensive. Whatever they do, we're annoyed by it, against it. Whatever they say is wrong. Whatever they want is bad. And whatever they're doing must be stopped. And we see this all so clearly in this divisive and polarized society. And for that precise reason, I truly believe that today's gospel has got a very pertinent message for you and me to take home and hopefully put into practice. But for us to better understand and appreciate the gospel, we ought to take some time to examine the complicated relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. The bottom line they hated each other. But why? Well, as you recall, the chosen people were comprised of 12 different tribes named after the 12 sons of Jacob. You can also recall how difficult, how challenging it was to, for, Moses, for Moses to lead them to the promised land. Why? Because they all wanted to do their own things and they were as stubborn as they could be. However, under the leadership of King David, they were unified into one strong and vibrant nation, a kingdom. And that unity lasted until the end of the reign of King Solomon. But after Solomon died, the kingdom split in two. The tribes of Judah and Benjamin formed the southern kingdom, retaining Jerusalem as the capital. Whereas the other ten tribes formed the northern kingdom and they chose Samaria as the new capital city. The interesting thing is, the distance between Samaria and Jerusalem was 35 miles. 35 miles. A very short distance between two groups of people that were growing increasingly antagonistic and spiteful of each other. They oppose each other's way of living, culture, politics, and even the manner of worshipping. For example, up to that point, everyone, everyone was worshipping in the temple of Jerusalem. But what happened now that some folks from the north were no longer welcome? Well, to solve the problem, King Jeroboam of the north established two new worshiping centers at Dan and Bethel. But stupidly, stupidly, he built two splendid golden calves as the new seats for God in replacement 
of the Ark of the Covenant. And anyone with an ounce of common sense could associate these two golden calves with the golden calf, the idol in the desert that God condemned. And so the South accused the North of the grave sin of idolatry. Then this relationship became even worse when the northern kingdom was conquered by the Assyrians, resulting in the loss of many Jewish traditions. Then the southern kingdom was completely wrecked by the Babylonians, and many of them were taken into captivity, into exile in Babylon, when they finally returned after many years away. They found their homeland occupied by these strange Samaritans who did not follow the correct worshiping practices, who had strange and weird ideas about God, and who, unlike them, did not accept the writings of the prophets. So differences stacked upon differences, animosity upon animosity, Verbal disputes quickly turn into insults, and insults eventually turn into physical violence, to the point that when Jesus came along, the Jews and the Samaritans were sworn enemies. They wanted to have nothing to do with each other, and even when they traveled, they made a point of going around each other's territory for fear that they would contaminate themselves just by breathing the same air as the enemy. So it's intriguing, intriguing that Jesus on his way to Jerusalem insisted on going through a Samaritan village. Now given the complicated relationship between these two ethnic groups, would you blame the Samaritans for not rolling out the red carpet to welcome him? He was lucky that no physical violence took place. Close, though, because James and John, the sons of thunder, the incurable hothead, were offended by the treatment of the Samaritan. And so they wanted to call down fire from heaven to consume these villages. Because of the cold shoulder they received, James and John felt that vengeance was justified. A thought that our Lord Jesus did not at all appreciate. Now, mind you, though, all of this drama all of this drama could have easily been avoided if our Lord just followed the conventional wisdom of avoiding the Samaritans in the first place. So why engage them just to get rejected? At this point, I'm speculating. But perhaps, just perhaps, our Lord's action was intentional. And the intention 
was to teach us how to treat those we deem our enemies. My friends, you don't need me to remind you how divisive, how polarized, how angry our human society has become. These days, aside from the typical topics of disagreements, politics, history, religion, and culture, the pandemic has introduced a few more hot-button issues, such as should the wearing of masks be required, or should a person be vaccinated? These two topics alone have caused so much pain, so much division in churches, in families, in social circles, to the point that friends have stopped talking to friends. Family members have refused to see or to be in the same room with family members. People even wish ill, wish harm on each other because of this. And why is that? Because people, some people don't think like us, and so we're annoyed by them. They make us uncomfortable, thus we persecute them. And just to give you another concrete example, ever since the leak of the first draft of the Supreme Court's decision, and then the actual decision that overturned Roe versus Wade, notice how many churches, notice how many pregnancy centers have been vandalized. Notice how many people have been threatened and intimidated. You must wonder why so much hatred, why so much hatred coming from a society that claims to be tolerant and accepting. And our initial response, our initial emotional response is not all that different from James and John. Lord, why don't you send heavenly fire to consume these people already? I know I've said it. But that's not what the Lord wanted in the first place in today's gospel, wasn't it? His pathway of discipleship has always been and will always be the pathway of nonviolence, of love, and of peace. And those of us who say to him, Lord, I will go wherever you go, we can never depart from that way of living. It is true that because of differences stacked upon differences, it is true that because of animosity stacked upon animosity, sometimes our relationship with the secular world and sometimes our own interpersonal relationships 
can create a lot of tension. And sometimes it's not a stretch to say that it can engender hatred. But my friends, hatred starts somewhere with someone. So can love. So can peace. So the question for you and for me to ponder this evening is this. Can peace, can love start right here, right now, with you and me?